Pastor, the title of my message today is Getting Ready. Getting Ready. Today I want to talk to you about being prepared. That's what we're going to do today. And I was called into ministry at a young age. I was 11 years old when I was called into ministry, and I wanted to prepare for that. I wanted to get ready for it. And so a couple years later, when I was probably 15, 16 years old, I started preaching and started exercising that, that gift that God had given me and wanting to prepare and get ready. A couple years after that, and time came, I went on to Bible school because that's what you do. If you're going to be in ministry, you prepare, you go to Bible school. And, and I, I wanted to, to get ready. I, I wanted to prepare as much as I could so that I was ready to step into the ministry that God had called me to. And it was, it was a huge importance for me being prepared. And then one day I showed up to one of my favorite classes with one of my favorite professors, Professor Bradley. He was a an awesome man of God, but on that particular day, to me, he was the devil. Because he stood in front of us that day at the head of the class with a stack of papers in his hand, and he said, I'm about to pass out your test. And in the back of my mind, I screamed, what test? <laughs> I had no idea that we were having a test. I'm like, how is he going to spring a surprise test on, on us like that? You're the devil. That's, what, that's what's going on. You're the devil. I looked around. Nobody else looks surprised. My face looks surprised. My face betrayed me. You know how sometimes, like, you got a volcano of fear going off in your heart? That's what happened to me right then. I mean, I'm losing it. But you try to hold it together on the outside. Like, you don't want everybody to know that you're... My face betrayed me. He said, I'm about to pass out your test. My face said... My friend, my friend sitting next to me looks at me. He's like, he's like, you didn't know we were having a test. I'm like, what gave it away? Sherlock, you know, the puddle under my chair, you know, I'm like, I'm dying here. I'm like, we're, we're, we're. there's nothing I can do at this point, man. I, I am in big time trouble because I didn't get ready. I was not prepared for this test. I learned some big lessons, some very difficult lessons that day about the importance of being prepared. And I'll just tell you the end of the story. You could probably guess it on your own. I bombed the test. <laughs> I bombed the test man, that day, and, and man, it was so, it was, it was brutal, but I learned. Again, it's a tough lesson. It's a hard day. That's a bad way to learn it, but I learned the importance of being prepared, and that's what we're going to talk about today, getting ready, being prepared. What does that mean for us as Christians? Like, what are we getting ready for? What, what's happening? Well, I want to take you to God's Word and, and open it up in Revelation 22 and verse 7. Jesus is speaking, and he simply says this, and behold, I am coming soon. Jesus is coming again. And that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about getting ready for Jesus coming again. Listen to what Jesus said then in Revelation 21 verses 3 and 4 about what that's going to look like. When he comes again, what is that going to look like? Jesus says, I, or the Bible says, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Somebody say amen. And death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. Jesus is coming again. And the Bible gives us an amazing hope 
filled description of what it's going to look like when Jesus comes back. This is God's promise throughout scripture. If you're new to church, if you're new to the word of God, that is the promise of God throughout scripture that in the end, Jesus is going to come, God is going to come, and he is going to dwell with his people again. We are going to be with him, and he will be with us. That's what the Bible promises. This is our hope. Jesus is coming again, and when he comes again, he will rule and reign over everything, and at that time, he will make all things new. Somebody say, all things. He will make all things new. The Bible says again in Revelation 21, the former things have passed away. He will make all things new. Jesus will come. He will rule and reign over everything And he'll put things back the way they're supposed to be. That's what the Bible promises. God will come. He will be with us. We will be with him. We will experience heaven with him. And this is so important. Again, the Bible talks about this all throughout 1 Corinthians 15. We won't go read there, but it talks about it as well. Through the rule and reign, through the sovereign saving reign of Jesus He will come and make all of this happen. Now, there is the biblical timeline that gets us from where we are today to what Jesus is describing and what the Word of God is describing when He returns in Revelation 21. There's a biblical timeline, and today we're going to talk about one of the events in that biblical timeline from Matthew 25. But before we get there, I want to just talk about a couple of things to kind of prepare us and get us ready. First, I want us to understand, look, there's lots of disagreement about that biblical timeline, the steps that get us from where we are to what Jesus described in Revelation. There's a lot of disagreement among Bible scholars and teachers and theologians and the people that are smarter than all of us. There's lots of disagreement about the steps in that process. But here's what there's no disagreement about. There's no disagreement about the fact that Jesus is coming again. There's no disagreement about that. And that's what we're going to focus on today. And, and here's what I know, honestly. I, I, I'm not an expert. I, I, don't, I don't have it all figured out. But here's, here's what I know. When Jesus comes... And when he puts things back the way they're supposed to be, when he makes all things new, when we're in heaven with him, here's what I know. Those who got the, bi- uh, the biblical timeline right won't hold it over the heads of everybody else for all of eternity in a prideful way. And those who got the biblical timeline wrong are going to walk around in shame for all of eternity. No, we're, we're going to be with Jesus. That's what we know. That's what we know. So there's lots of disagreement. This, the second thing I would say is this. There have been a lot of times, like when I was growing up in church and people would teach on Jesus coming back, that topic was associated with a tremendous amount of fear. There was a lot of fear associated with this moment. And, and it was kind of delivered sometimes in a way that would do that. And today I want you to understand that this is something that is filled with hope. There can be a measure of fear when we hear this and we're not ready. But today, as we talk about getting ready, this can be the most hope-filled news and the most hope-filled message we could possibly hear, that Jesus is coming again. So I want you to understand, this is a day of hope. This is a message of hope. And so let's hear what the Bible says then in Matthew 25. The Bible says this, when, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, here is the bridegroom come out to meet him. 
Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in to, with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, Jesus says in closing, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Jesus is talking about the fact that he is coming back, and he's doing it through this story of a wedding day in their culture and in their time. And, and here's what we, we need to understand is you, you began to realize as we read the story that, that weddings did not operate 2,000 years ago in that culture like they do today. Because back then, the groom was the star of the show. How many know... That is not exactly the case these days. You men who have been married, you know. You know that the day was not about you. You men in the room who want to get married one day, let me just help you out. Let me just set you up for success. Here's what you got to know and here's what you got to do on your wedding day. Show up. That's what you need to do. People are going to be looking at the bride. She's the star. It's her day. It's, it's all about her. People are going to be looking at your beautiful bride wondering who's that fellow standing next to her. And it's okay. It's all right. I mean, it's her day. But back then, no, 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 the groom was the star. And there were days of celebration associated with a wedding. And the groom had all these stops to make before he even got to where the rest of the wedding party was. And the thing is, nobody knew how many how, or how long those stops would take. Nobody knew when he was coming. And in the ancient world, it was even common for the bridegroom to come at night. And so you had to be ready for anything. Because if he's shown up at night, then the ceremony is going to be lit by those lamps. It's going to be a torch-lit procession and ceremony. And you got to be ready for whenever he comes. And here's what we need to understand simply from this story today. It's simply this story tells us a couple of things. One, it tells us that Jesus is coming again. And what we need to know is this, that nobody knows when. Nobody knows when. We don't know the day. We don't know the hour. That's what we know. So the imperative of the story, the action step for us from this story is get ready. It's all about getting ready. It's all about being prepared for what is coming down the road. That's what it's all about. And so today we're just going to spend a few moments talking about what do we got to do then? All right, what are the steps then? How do I get ready? How can I prepare myself for Jesus coming again? How can I live with the hope that this message has for me? And the first thing I want to share with you is this. The first step is simply this. Number one, bring your own oil. Bring your own oil. And you read this story that oil is a very important component and listen there's been a lot of speculation about what the oil is uh, I've heard lots of sermons preached where different people say that the oil is different things the oil that's the Holy Spirit that's that's what the oil is the oil is is grace the oil is faith the oil well the oil that's the mercy of God and, and I'm just gonna share with you my expert opinion on what the oil is I don't know um, I, I don't know and can I just be honest with you I'm not terribly sure uh, that trying to figure out what the oil is, is exactly even the point that Jesus is trying to make. Simply, I think what we need to understand is this. 
Those virgins who did not have the extra oil, who were not ready, when they finally showed up with their extra oil to the wedding ceremony, the door was shut, and Jesus said to them, I do not know you. Those who didn't have the oil, Jesus said, I do not know you. So those who do have the oil in the story, what does that tell you about them? It means that Jesus did know them, and they knew Jesus. That's what it's all about. It's about knowing Jesus. What, bring your own oil. What does that mean? It means you got to know Jesus for yourself. It means you got to have your own relationship with Jesus. you got to have your own oil. I know some of you, you're hearing this story, and you're just going, you're like, I don't even know what to do with that. I, I ain't got no oil. Some of you are like, and I sure ain't no virgin, so strike one, strike two. I only got one strike left today. Can I just tell you, that's not... Those details in the story, it's just a part of the culture, it's just a part of the story that Jesus is using to explain. No, what it's all about is the simple fact that you got to know Jesus for yourself. And what I want us to understand is that there's just some things in life that are so deep and so personal that you can't borrow them from somebody else. You can't borrow somebody else's experience. It's theirs. It's too deep. It's too personal. If you got a friend that goes on vacation to Hawaii... And they come back and show you the pictures. Now, first of all, if you, you go on vacation to Hawaii, don't come back and show me the pictures. I don't even want to see the pictures. I don't want to see it because then I'm going to get bitter and then I'm going to have to pray. So why don't you just save me the whole process <laughs> and just keep your pictures to yourself. Just you and Jesus. Show them to Jesus, you know. That's fine. I don't want to see your pictures. But I'm just saying, like, they can come back and they can show you the pictures. They can tell you the story. They can explain in detail how amazing and how beautiful and how wonderful it all was. But you can't borrow their experience because they were there. And you just saw the pictures. You can't borrow somebody else's success, their experience. You can't borrow somebody else's knowledge. And you can't borrow somebody else's faith. You might have a godly grandma. But you can't borrow what she has in Jesus. You may have a sainted daddy that woke up every morning of your life and you saw him reading his Bible and you saw him praying. But you can't borrow what he's got in Jesus. There are some people who think, man, I got a godly family so that'll be alright. Or, or sometimes we get into a place where we just compare ourselves to other people and we're like, well, I'm not as bad as them. You know, well, I don't live like, like that, you know. So it's, here's the thing. You got to know Jesus for yourself. You can't borrow somebody else's oil. You can't borrow what somebody else has in, in Jesus. Here's the good news. There is nothing between you and having relationship with Jesus that Jesus can't get out of the way today. That's the good news is that you can share in the hope of this message because Jesus is here for you today. But you got to know, know him for yourself. You can't borrow what somebody else has. And here's what I, I want us to understand. You can't, you can't wait too long. You can't wait too long. Again, I shared the story with you. On the day that that test was passed out in, in that class, I, I wasn't prepared. And when they handed me the test, it was too late to get prepared. Because I couldn't borrow my friend's knowledge. I couldn't borrow from those who had studied. I, I couldn't borrow from everybody else who was prepared for the test. What I learned is this. The day of examination is too late to prepare for the test. You can't wait too long. But you don't have to wait any longer than today. Because Jesus is here, we can have that relationship. We can have, to put it in the terms of our story today, we can have our own oil and we have to. Because getting ready is all about knowing Jesus for yourself. Can't borrow it from anybody else 
But there's nothing in the way of us knowing Jesus that Jesus cannot take care of. That Jesus cannot get out of the way. we got to have our own oil. Jesus said, we've got to be ready. We've got to get ready for his return. What do you do? Number one, again, bring your own oil. Number two is this. The second thing from our story is this. Stay awake. Number two, stay awake. Last week in, in part one of this message, this is part two, if you miss the message, jump online, peopleschurch.tv, and watch the powerful message from Pastor Herbert last week. He talked about waking up, the importance of waking up, and, and we're continuing, we're building on that. We got to stay awake. Stay awake. We can't go back to sleep. We can't go back to sleep on this message in, in the next days, in the following days, and in, in, in the following months. We've got to learn to stay awake because Jesus wants us to be watching for his return. It was the closing verse, verse 13 of Matthew 25. Jesus said, watch therefore, for you know not the day nor the hour. He wants us watching. He wants us to live with an awareness of the fact that he is coming back. And one of the people that God has put in my life that just lives this way, she just lives with an awareness of the fact that Jesus is returning, is, is my wife's grandma. She's a wonderful woman. She's a godly woman. And she just, she's always talking about Jesus coming back. She'll just be doing regular things in the house. She'll be washing dishes. She'll be, she just will declare it, not particularly to anybody in the room, but she'll just declare it. Jesus is coming. She's washing dishes. I'm just telling you, when I'm washing dishes... That's not exactly what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about who is using all these dishes. There's 10 cups on the counter. There's three people in the house. I'm like, rinse it out and put a different drink in it. You don't need a new cup. I know somebody else knows what I'm talking about. Use the same glass. I'm washing dishes. I'm getting tribulated in my spirit. I know I'm not the only one who ever been tribulated. I got to pray through. She's declaring Jesus is coming back. She's vacuuming the floor. Jesus is coming. When I'm vacuuming the floor, I'm like, these people are filthy. (laughs) Jesus is coming. We need to live with that kind of an awareness. We need to live with it just so much in our heart that it just comes out of us at, at moments in the day when we're just doing normal things in our routine, that we have that awareness that Jesus is coming. Now, Grandma has her moments when she forgets Jesus is coming. Like when she gets into one of her card games, like Skip Bo. And she doesn't get the cards that she wanted. And that Jesus spirit lifts off and the complaining spirit comes down. I didn't get the cards that I wanted to get. And I'm on the other side of the table laughing like, who's praising Jesus now, Grandma? Huh? When's Jesus coming now? Didn't get the cards. Everybody has their moments, but we got to learn. I mean, one of the things I do preparing for messages is to put scriptures onto cards, and I'll just take them with me and read them throughout the day. I'll just put them in my car in the cup holder, and I'm sitting at a stoplight. I'll just, I'll read through them. And listen, if you do that, what happened to me will happen to you. You'll miss a green light. People will be honking at you, but that's okay. Just do what I do. Just roll down the window and lean out and be like, I'd rather miss a green light than miss Jesus. <laughs> you ain't ready. I'm just kidding, don't do that. <laughs> and I didn't do that either, I'm just playing. But do those things, get, get your phone and, and, and change, if you've got a smartphone, change the lock screen so that the, every time, the first time you, you, you turn on your phone, the first thing that you see is one of these scriptures that talks about Jesus coming back. Get it in your heart. 
Get it in your mind. He's coming back. It's a message of hope. Get ready. Stay awake, Jesus said. Be watching every day for him coming back. Get in his word. Be in prayer. Declare that truth in prayer every day. Jesus is coming back. Jesus said, you got to get it down in your heart. It's got to be in you. Watch, he said, because you don't know the day or the hour. And I want us to notice this as well in verse 5 of Matthew 25, the story we read. Jesus says, as the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. Everybody say all. They all became drowsy and slept. This is a little detail in that, that scripture that we can often miss. You can just kind of read right past it and, and not even really notice the significance. Everyone fell asleep. All became drowsy and slept, the Bible says. And here's what I want us to understand about being prepared. It's that being prepared doesn't equal being perfect. Jesus isn't coming back for perfect people. Because he wouldn't be coming back for anybody. Jesus is coming back for people who are messed up. Whose lives aren't all together. Who don't have it all right. Who don't have it all figured out. Who don't have it all going on in every area of their life. Jesus is coming for those who know him for themselves. But not for those who are perfect. Because he's come for nobody. We don't have it all together. I don't have it all together. I don't have it all figured out. I don't get it right all of the time. That's not what it's about. And here's the thing. I want us to understand this. The truth that Jesus isn't coming back for perfect people, that he's coming back for people who, who still have problems and who still have struggles and who still are, are wrestling with things and grappling with things through life and who are still in the process of being transformed. That's the key. Jesus is coming for those who are in the process. We're not perfect, but we are, as Christians, in the process of perfection. We are being transformed continually by the work of God in our lives. He's coming back for those who are in the process. Just because he's not coming back for perfect people is not an excuse to just kind of throw up your hands and be like, well, who cares then? You know, that's not an excuse to just kind of do whatever you want and live life your way. And, well, I'll just do this one day and the next I'll serve Jesus. But then, you know, on Sundays I'll be in, in God's house, but then the rest of the week is mine. And I, You know what I'm saying? No, 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 no. Jesus is saying it doesn't work that way. I'm not coming back for perfect people, but I'm coming back for people who are in the process. And that's good news today. That's hope today. He's coming back for those who don't have it all figured out. And maybe you've been in that process before and God was doing awesome things in your life and you were taking steps forward in your relationship with God and, and lately you've maybe taken a couple of steps back. You're struggling again with some things and you're just kind of back into some old habits and things and, and you're here today and I just want you to know that you can jumpstart that growth process again. You can get back into the game again today. You can get back into that relationship with God and get back on track and get moving again in the right direction. And, and you can get back into the process of the transformation that God wants to bring to your life and to your family, to your home, to your job, to your community. All the things that God wants to do in you and all the things that God wants to do through you, you can get back in that today. We got to wake up today and we got to learn to stay awake because Jesus said, watch because you don't know the day or the hour when I will come back. Getting ready. We got to get ready. We got to be prepared. How do you do that? Bring your own oil. You got to know Jesus for yourself. Stay awake. 
Get it into your heart, deep down into your heart, that Jesus is coming. And live with an awareness of that truth and the hope that comes with it every day. That Jesus is coming again. And the third thing we need to do to get ready to prepare is this. Number three, surrender to Jesus' rule now. Surrender to Jesus' rule now. Again, we talked about it. Jesus is coming again, and he will rule and reign over everything. His sovereign and saving rule. He will put things back the way that they're supposed to be. And we will be his people, and God will be our God, and we will be with him, and he will be with us. That's what the Bible says. He's coming, and he's going to make all things new. But one of the best ways we can prepare ourselves for the moment when he comes and establishes that sovereign, saving rule and reign over everything is to live today as though that has already happened it is happening in the future but for you and I as Christians one of the best things we can do is simply to live as though he already came back surrender to that rule now surrender to the sovereignty of God in other words put God in complete charge complete control of your life today not just some parts of your life not just the problem parts of your life or the parts of your life where you think you need help. Give him everything. He's either Lord of all or he's not really Lord at all. Give him everything. Surrender to the sovereign control and rule of God today. Yes, it's something that's going to happen in the future. Heaven is something that happens in the future. The description that the Bible gave in Revelation 21 is something in the future. And it's so true. Jesus does not want you to miss out on heaven in the future. But there are some Christians who, yeah, you're not missing out on heaven in the future, but you're missing out on heaven now. You're missing out on heaven now because there's areas of your life that you're not giving control of to Jesus. Because you've given him this part and this part and this part, but you're holding back this part and this part. Because you're not giving it all to him. You're not laying it all before him. You're not surrendering everything. And you're robbing yourself. Because heaven isn't just something that you experience in the future with God. It's something that you can experience now. Yes, Jesus is coming again. But he can come to you today right where you are. Yes, heaven is in the future. But you can experience the hope of heaven today. And the hope that Jesus gives transform your life no it won't all happen today it won't all happen in an instant it won't all happen in a minute it's a process of transformation and we got to be faithful to the process because God will be because what God begins he'll be faithful to complete in us but that's how God works it's a process it doesn't happen all at once I want you to understand today you can get a little bit of God's hope in your life it's not going to fix everything automatically. Every area of your life isn't just going to be radically and completely, totally transformed right here today in this moment. And that's okay. That's not how God's hope works. God's hope works like the water that created the Grand Canyon. Just imagine for a second if you could go back, if, if someone could have stood there and seen the little stream of water out in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the desert, that would one day create the Grand Canyon. That little bitty stream in the middle of the desert, it was just nothing. And then imagine if somebody could have come back all that time later and stood and viewed the awesome spectacle that is the Grand Canyon. One of the great wonders of the world. You, there is no way they would believe that was the same place. 
You would never believe that that little bit of water had done all of that through time. It would look like something completely foreign. You wouldn't even be able to recognize it. It wouldn't look anything like it did. And that's what I want you to understand. That today you can get a little bit of God's hope in your life. But a little bit of hope and time is all God needs. And before you know it, you won't be able to recognize your marriage. Before you know it, your family won't look anything the same. Before you know it, your career won't be on the same track it is now. Before you know it, your relationships will be different. Your home will be different. Your attitude will be different. Your outlook on life will be different because a little bit of hope from Jesus and some time is all you need for God to transform your life. You can experience heaven today. You can experience the hope of Jesus today. Don't miss out on what God can do in your life this moment, this day. Will it all become perfect today? No. But you'll get the measure of hope that you need. And over time, he will make all things new. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. He will make all things new.